Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this Cover every sport and we get it all right Log on the site, you can listen tonight Talk about the game, who in first place You can even call up, state your own case Football, b-ball, soccer too Log on, ain't nobody stopping you It's Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, yeah, come on Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew everyone and welcome once again i am jt aka the master and this is the fsp crew show the number to call in is 347-637-3220 i'll say that again 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to jt and that would be me got a great show in store for you tonight we got a thursday night football matchup uh, two a- NFC South rivals, players, uh, the um, Atlanta Falcons versus the uh, Tampa, B- B- excuse me, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Matt Ryan, quite naturally, you know, is the quarterback for the uh, um, Atlanta Falcons. And uh, famous Jameis Wilson. Uh, God, I-, I can't talk. Famous Jameis Winston is the quarterback, Carolina, wow, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I got to get my act together here. Sorry, people. All right, we let's talk about the game first, okay? They're playing in Tampa Bay. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons halted a two-game losing streak that they had by a thrilling victory that they had, excuse me, that they um, accomplished over the Green Bay Packers. In Atlanta. Now they go on the road, and like I said, they face their uh, division opponent, Tampa Bay, um, that boasts some very good wide receivers, a very good running back on the Atlanta side, and a running back by committee, which is going to happen for Tampa Bay. One replacement, not the starter, but he's starting because of the uh, the uh, starting tight end is hurt and Jacob Tammy. Um, and the other one is uh, uh, the young, young buck, Cameron Bray, in Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, what's going to say, what, what's the story here about who do I like? You know, since uh, the, we, we pick winners and losers in, in the NFL um, um, matchups, teams, on Saturday on the FSP show, which is one o'clock Eastern Standard Time, each and every Saturday. Why not do it here right now? Not on all the games, but because it's a Thursday night game, and quite naturally, people are wagering on this game versus and, uh, along with the other games. But this is the first game of Week Nine. Several teams are on a bye. Um, as you as you know, or if you don't know, several teams are on a bye. Um, uh, the uh, New England Patriots for one, the uh, Arizona Cardinals for another, Chicago Bears, Cincinnati Bengals, Washington Redskins, and the Houston Texans. Six teams all together in a bye. A lot of carnage out there for you fantasy football players trying to scramble to make up for those players that aren't playing this week. But we're only going to be talking about 
Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Okay? I can't talk about it on a Sunday, which I normally do on the master plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I break down each and every game and what I feel is relevant uh, skill positions that have to be uh, have to do with uh, fantasy each and every game. Whether and that, that's all the Sunday games, the Sunday night game, and including the Monday night game. Um, quite naturally, on Sunday I don't I don't do the Thursday game, so I'll start doing it now. All right, the Atlanta Falcons own a two-game lead in the division. Are three and row three and one on the road. The Buccaneers are three and four, and they played three games at home. And unbelievably, they've lost all three. So they're 0-3 at home. So three of their four losses have been at home, which is not good, which is definitely not good, because they still have four more games, five, five more games at home and four on the road. Five more games at home, um, excuse me, four more games at home and, and five more uh, uh, at home. I'll say that again. They have four more games. They have five more games at home and four more games on the road. So they're going to have a problem. They're going to have a problem. Five more games, uh, excuse me, yeah, five more games at home because they're 0-3 right now. So each team gets eight games at home and eight games on the road, which is quite naturally, if you can add, just like I'm difficulty having right now, for whatever reason, 16 total games. So this is crucial. They have to win. They have to break the streak now. Are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? I think Jameis Winston uh, let me put it this way. I go to the visitors first. Matt Ryan against this defense of Tampa Bay, who um, is 27th in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position, 24th against the running back, 24th against the wide receiver. The best thing this defense do, does does. Wow, what is wrong with me? The best thing this defense does is guard against the um, tight end in preventing fantasy points. But all the other ones, they're 27th or 24th, which is very bad. So all those uh, fantasy football players out there who have uh, Matt Ryan, who have Devontae Freeman, uh, and Devonta Freeman is going to be uh, used early and often because uh, – um, Tavon, Tevin Coleman, I should say, is injured and can't play. He's out today. And um, Teron Ward is going to be the backup, and he'll probably see very little work. So that means Devonta Freeman, Devonta Freeman, is going to get a bunch of work running the football and catching the football out of the backfield, which he does very well. He should have a pretty big day. Pretty big day. Who else should have a pretty big day? Well, you Julio Jones owners, and I'm going against one. It might happen to be in in one of my uh, leagues, not my league, but in the league that I'm in. And my nephew is in also in the league, and uh, it's a family thing. Family, it's a family thing. You put it that way. So. He wants to beat me. I want to beat him. He's got a better record than I. And I want to beat him to, 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 to knock him down a peg and to boost me up a little bit. We'll see what happens. He's got Julio Jones. And hopefully Julio doesn't do what he did a few weeks ago and get that 300 yards plus and balls out like he did. Hopefully they keep him under wraps somewhat. Now, there's 24th in preventing fantasy points against the um, wide receiver position. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Julio is going to go off. 
But he's not the only one, I think, that's going to have a good good day, especially in the passing game. I think Muhammad Sanu, who caught the winning touchdown pass last week uh, for the uh, Atlanta Falcons against the Green Bay Packers to get that thrilling one-point one win uh, last week, it should have a good day, too, for the simple fact that Matt Ryan has been lights on fire this year. Legit MVP candidate. He's been lighting it up each and every week, regardless of the defense, regardless of what defense is put in front of him. He's been lighting it up. Um, got a guy calling in. It just uh, uh, popped up on my board. Happens to be my esteemed co-host, my fellow Jersey guy. Um, I'll bring him in, and uh, we can finish talking about this fantasy. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Jerry. How you doing? All right. All right. I was talking about the uh, Atlanta Falcons and how I think that uh, because of the ineptitude of the Tampa Bay defense, especially in the three uh, – primary um, positions in in fantasy football, meaning the quarterback, the running back, and the wide receiver, that their Tampa Bay's defense is definitely um, lower tier and very lacking, that Matt Ryan, Devonta Freeman, Julio Jones, and yes, even Mohamed Sanu should enjoy some fantasy numbers today. Or tonight, I should say. What's your thoughts? Oh, I mean, you know, uh, it, it looks like Matt Ryan's having a career year. Uh, yep. I wish he would have had it last year when I had him <laughs> on one of my teams because he went into a slump, and that's a QB uh, heavy scoring league. So that right. destroyed what was otherwise a good team. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, you know that, that's life. Um, but yeah, he he's really um, he's really blossomed this year, uh, putting up the big numbers week after week. And, um, you know, these Thursday night games drive you crazy. I don't mm-hmm. think that'll throw a wrench into uh, the Falcons' uh, offensive productivity. But, yeah, you never know. These Thursday night games are crazy. They're usually kind of sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, let's say, you know, you know what drives me nuts sometimes about a Thursday night game? Like, let's say a guy like Sanu, who might be a flex option, let's say, um, I'd rather have that option on Sunday than have to make that decision on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, it's just that's part of the deal if you've got a guy with a Thursday night game. But because uh, sometimes there's other players you don't know if they're going to go or not. And it's nice to have, you know, your WR3 or WR4 it's nice to have them available on Sunday if needed and not be forced to make that decision on Thursday. It's rare, but I I heard of a league where you have to, and this is ludicrous that you, you had to make your lineup decisions on Thursday. It's like, well, that's ridiculous. Unless a guy has a Thursday game, you should have till five minutes before kickoff. It doesn't make any sense, you know? Right. So that's one of those horror stories. Because I've heard some really odd leagues and, uh, you know, really odd things. And, uh, you know, it's something, you know, you could try to fix. But if it's really ridiculous and you can't fix it, then sometimes it's time to move on. Um, but I'll tell you, um, a, a good option this week at quarterback, you got to make the decision uh, in the next five, ten minutes, I think. Um, Jameis Winston um, has a good matchup against Atlanta. And yep. I was going to talk about him next. In, and in his, well, great minds think alike, and in his short career has put up very good numbers against Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the, if, if you know, you're not lucky enough to have Matt Ryan, who I think in a lot of leagues was drafted as a backup, um, you know, uh, Winston's a, a good start this week. Yep. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Now, um Famous Jameis had four touchdowns and 281 yards uh, against Atlanta in the first game. They played in the first game in Atlanta. 
Um, I expect Jameis Winston because Atlanta is uh, 32nd uh, in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position. 27th in the running back, 30th against the wide receiver, and 27th against the tight end. So what that tells me, whether it's in Atlanta or if it's in Tampa Bay like tonight, both these two teams should be able to light each other up. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking is the names I, I called out on Atlanta side, if everything goes statistically like it, it, I see it on paper, and it, they should uh, do well on the Atlanta side. And but on the problem is this on on the um, Tampa Bay side, uh, they're limited on the running back position because they've got their fourth replacement or fourth really starting running back. Uh, Doug Martin's gone for for the time being. Charles Sims is gone. Um, Jacquez Rogers is is injured now, and now they're on to Antoine Smith and Peyton Barber. Uh, supposedly, uh, it's supposed to be a running back by committee, and so, um, and I think Antoine Smith is probably more um, uh, more relevant in, in, in pl- putting him in, in somebody's uh, uh, lineup because of he, uh, besides running the ball, he can um, he he's an able able bodied catcher of the football. But then you got uh, the, their stud wide receiver who. Um, it's probably going to be keyed on with uh, um, uh, Trufant from uh, Atlanta because uh, they're down, going to be down a wide receiver in Russell Shepard, who've been coming on in the last few weeks and scored a touchdown in the last two, two or three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. He's out, so they're going to rely on Adam Humphreys and probably Cecil Shorts along with Mike Evans in the wide receiver position. Um, so. Adam Humphreys and, and Cecil Shorts, in my opinion, are not reliable um, or viable, I should say, um, fantasy uh, players to put in. Even even on a week that's got six teams on a bye, I couldn't possibly put these guys in because uh, you, 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 you can almost guarantee that um, they'll, they won't get past 10 points. In, in the wide receiver position, and you need you need points coming from a position like that. So the only viable uh, options I see, um, possibly, let me put it this way, um, uh, is Cameron Brait in the tight end position because, like I said, there are six teams on a bye, and that includes Jordan Reed, uh, Martellus Bennett, Rob Gronkowski, um, and, and – uh, uh, C.J. Fedorowicz, because he's been coming on. He's been playing well. Um, so it's a scavenger hunt anyway uh, this year for a decent tight end play. And Cameron Brayton, uh going against this defense should, I would think, uh, famous James like strong to Cameron Brayton. Nice bailout in the middle of the field. Quick, quick release if he gets in trouble. Uh, besides going and trying to really key on uh, Mike Evans, who should have a big game today. I like, so that's what I like. I like famous Jameis. Uh, most, a lot of team, a lot of people have him on it, on their lineup and probably are putting him in the lineup because this is a juicy matchup for him. Quite naturally, you're going to put in Mike Evans. He's a wide receiver one. There's no two ways about that. That's happening. Mike Evans is is, is a must play in here. And, and and in my opinion, he's a must-play because the fact is there's six teams. I keep saying there's six teams on a bye, and you're looking for quality tight end uh, um, play. Uh, Cameron Brait, I think it's probably going to get a, a, a trip into the end zone because uh, Atlanta can't cover can't cover can't cover their own selves. So I, I think uh, that's a viable uh, option. What's your thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, um, I'm glad you mentioned Cameron Brait. He's uh, pretty quietly uh, having a pretty good year. I mean, uh, one of the knocks on uh, Jameis Winston is he uh, only has eyes for uh, Mike Evans. But uh, I think Brait at this point with uh, uh, Vincent Jackson out, uh, 
you know, Brake might be uh, his best second option. Um, getting back to the uh, uh, Tampa Bay running back situation, I heard there was another guy in the mix they had just signed. Um, I, his name escapes me. Um, James? Mike uh, James? But he's, yeah, from Rutgers, yeah. So yeah. so that was going to be uh, – also, you know, sometimes teams don't like to say exactly what they're going to do, but it might mm-hmm. be a three-man committee for uh, – Tampa. So that's usually, you know, if it was more clear who they were going to go with, you could start the guy just based on the probability of a lot of touches. But if they're splitting it with three guys, so good, you know. Um, But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And Cameron Bray, you know, I'm pretty sure he went undrafted in uh, most drafts because it looked like going into the season, Safarian Jenkins was going to be. Uh, the starter, but uh, he wore out his welcome in Tampa and uh, yes. breaks them pretty well. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, uh, let's move on from that game. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, uh, besides talking fantasy, I want to get your uh, uh, your thoughts on who you think is going to win this. And, and I just I just I just seen here, you know, and I had a funny feeling, but uh, I, I decided I dropped him in a couple leagues, and I probably shouldn't have. Um, I. Sh- the uh, young young buck, not well, not young buck, but this guy Peyton Barber, is going to is going to start against the Falcons. A lot of people, a lot of people thought it was going to be Anton Smith. It's going to be Peyton Barber, and I had a funny feeling that was going to happen. And, and uh, whoever gets to start and gets the majority of carries is a solid running back, uh, two three. But he's a solid running back up up against this. Um, Atlanta defense that extremely bad against the run. Um, so, um, what I wanted to get from you, Jeff, is who you think is going to win this game? Ooh, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, probably Atlanta. Uh, but uh, you never know. You never know. But if I had to pick, uh, I'd go with Atlanta. Uh, from what I'm seeing here, Atlanta is favored by. Three and a half. Uh, the over and under is fifty-one and fifty-one and a half. Uh, I can believe they'll get over that. That's uh, 50, 51, 52 points. I gotta believe that these two teams, with uh, um, virtually no off, no defense to speak of, even though they do, do put eleven bodies on the defensive defensive side. Of the uh, of the ball on the field for each team, um, but their 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 quality of defense is um, lacking. We'll get over fifty one and a half points, um, and I do like. Wow. You know these a- NFC South games are very unpredictable, um, and uh, all signs point to Atlanta because of. Uh, the firepower they have versus what um, Tampa Bay has. And the the fact is Tampa Bay, I said it earlier before you got on the show, is 0-3 at home. I mean, I I, I, got to believe um, they're the only team that hasn't won at home this season. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Cleveland. Cleveland, yes, Cleveland. You're right. Thank you, Cleveland. But Cleveland hasn't won any games. At least Tampa's won three. Uh, And they're 3-4. and And three and four, three of those four losses were at home. That's bad because you still have uh, 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 four more, um, four more uh, games at home and five more games on the road. Um, and uh, well, five more games at home, I should say, because they're zero and three. So they get eight games at home and, and get the um, um, the same amount at uh, away. So sooner or later, they're going to have to get their act together, at least win one game at home, especially it's a game within a division. Um, that's, that's extremely important. So um, they already lost. Let me see now. They're 0-2, 0-3 in a the division. They've, they've lost twice on the road to um, – hold on. Let me, let me just let me make sure I got this right. Make sure I got this right. They lost against Atlanta, and they lost against uh, Carolina. So they're 0-2 on the road 
uh, 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 in a division. And this is their first division game at home. This is their first division game at home. So hopefully they can turn it around um, and uh, at least get one win. But I'm not calling for it today. I think uh, Atlanta um, wins this comfortably. Three and a half. I know it's the NFC South. And I know that anything can happen because both these teams can put in the stinker or, and both these teams can blow, absolutely blow your doors off. Um, but that, it is what it is. Uh, another thing, a new, uh, 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 something of note that um, came across a day or so ago. One of my favorite players. And one I've called out and and touted heavily on on uh, several shows uh, before he really took off as a um, a superstar or a star in this league is on the IR had a second knee surgery and is is in doubt that supposedly they say he can come back uh, later part of the year I kind of doubt it I think. His best bet to try to get healthy would be to wait until uh, 2017. I'm talking about number 25 from Kansas City, Jamal Charles. One of my favorite players uh, for several years now has is, is in that dready 30. I think he's 39. Uh, not 39. He's 30. <laughs> oh, 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 uh, well, he, well, let me put it this way. His knees may be 39, but in reality, his age is 30. He's had two, now three knee surgeries. Um, two ACL surgeries and a cleanup this past surgery. Um, and now he's uh, uh, not playing. Uh, I, I had a feeling about him early in the year before uh, in a draft. I didn't draft him in any league, didn't even think about it. Um, and uh, proven that, uh, proven right, that this guy coming up from that second ACL with knee swelling during the year, even when he didn't play, because he couldn't play, that his better days quite naturally are past. And what's your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, it's unfortunate because uh, he's an exciting player. And, uh, you know, you want to see players play. Uh, Injuries are part of the game, but, uh, you know, he's really been a bit hard by that. And, uh, you know, uh, he's a guy who can make a lot of big plays and, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, uh, his, uh, you know, his, uh, unfortunately his future might be in doubt. Um, uh, you know, uh, it, I, I remember after, uh, Adrian Peterson's, uh, first knee injury, um, uh, he had a very quick recovery and all, too many people were too quick to say, Oh, now you could be back a hundred percent you know, in seven months after an ACL or I think it was Everybody's an ACL. Different. It might have been the other ligament. And it was just, you know what? Uh, Adrian Peterson is such an exceptional athlete, and I'm sure right. the surgery must have gone well. The rehab must have gone well. You can't mm-hmm. judge other people by the AP standard. You know, you really can't. It's like saying, oh, well, Albert Einstein could figure out the theory of relativity. Other people could do it too. Now, it, it doesn't work like that, you know? Nope. So, yep. uh, right. ACL, even for, uh, you know, top-notch athlete, is still a big, big deal. You know, sure. some guys come back a little quicker, a little better than others, but uh, uh, there's no guarantee. And, uh, you know, um, Jamal Charles, I didn't even think of drafting him because, you know, I don't like to gamble in the early rounds because you got too much to lose. I didn't even take him in, in mocks. I, I just couldn't do it. Uh because, you know, and of course, a lot of teams are vague, but sometimes they just don't know they thought uh, was going to happen for him. But now, uh, you know, right here and now, it looks like I think Spencer Ware is going to be out. So uh looks like Charkandrick West is going to be getting a lot of carries uh, this Sunday. Yeah, unfortunately, I happen to be a Spencer Ware owner in, in a few leagues. And uh, I am not happy about that. Um, I thought, unfortunately, I thought fortunately he would be able to um, practice or come back from this concussion, but he may have to sit out this week. Uh, I think the big, big 
test is, um, for, you know, one thing is, is good that it's home. He doesn't have to fly. So, and that, that would be a, um, uh, uh, something that it, when you're dealing with concussion, that, um, it's bad enough that you, you don't, don't, you don't fly. So he's, they're playing at home. So he may have one day, uh, two days left. Uh, tomorrow, if he doesn't practice or if he goes through the concussion protocol and, and nothing uh, is changed or whatever, then quite naturally it's a strong possibility because he didn't practice on Friday. And most teams have a rule that if you don't practice on Friday, you don't suit up and play on Sunday. Um, but uh, I'm crossing my fingers. We'll wait and see, but it doesn't look good. So you got to make a contingency plan. Hopefully, um you have um, ample ample running backs and, and suitable running backs that you can put in your um, in place of Spencer. Where uh, I've always said you can never have too many running backs because you never know. Um, running backs are probably the most fragile. I wouldn't say fragile, but the most injury um, prone because of the uh, nature of the beast. Uh, every every uh, time they run the ball, it's a collision. collision compared to a wide receiver or a tight end or a, um, a quarterback. Uh, every time they get the ball, it's going to be a collision between either a safety, a lineman, or a, a, a linebacker. They're always trying to um, uh, hit, hit the running back. So with that being said, those things can accumulate. You get injuries and unfortunately, or concussions. So it is what it is. Spencer Ware uh, doesn't look like he's going to play unless you need to make a contingency plan. Uh, speaking of contingency plans, or, or um, last couple of weeks, um, excluding last week because they weren't a buy, that uh, one of the key and one of the big um, fantasy um, quarterbacks is looking like he's going to make his um, – uh, return this week uh, a lot quicker than most people thought he would from from his knee surgery, and I was talking about um, Mr. Uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger with that high-powered offense that they got of Le'Veon Bell uh, uh, and Antonio Brown can't wait and is praying that Big Ben will get back because he puts up big numbers and he's looking for a contract, and also uh, Sammy Coach who's um, doesn't have the restriction on his hands because of his because of his laceration that he had uh, a week or so ago. So he, he won't have his hands aren't that good anyway. So he won't have any kind of hindrance. <laughs> uh, or, or, let me put it this way: he won't have an excuse because now supposedly he's in a better position to catch the football than he was when he was dealing with a, a more severe laceration. Now. So I guess they, they handled it better. It's healed up, and, and he has he's had the uh, more of ability to catch the football. Um, along with Eli Rogers, I don't know what kind of role he's on, but you know you got you got a Big Ben who who um, um, uh, is the captain of the ship, and the receiving core relies a lot on Big Ben to get their numbers. Quite naturally, Landry Jones is not a a accurate quarterback. Not even close to Big Ben. Uh, look at the numbers; you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, Big Ben comes back. Um, those wide receivers are definitely in play. I mean, Antonio Brown was in play anyway. Sammy Coach even now more than ever because he's a little healthier. Big Ben likes throwing to Sammy Coach. Touted him before the preseason. He's playing well. He had a little little dip early in the season, but he's playing well now. And best guarantee that uh, they're going to be coming out balling um, when they play the, uh, their, the rival. And that's probably what uh, in, in inspired or prompted Big Ben to get back because they're playing one of their heated rivals in the NFC North, uh, AFC North, I should say, in the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Talk to me, Jeff. I talked, talked enough. Talk to me. You know, the uh, Steelers, their big three of, uh, of uh, Roethlisberger, and uh, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown is probably best in the league. Their only issue is keeping uh, all three healthy and not suspended. So, uh, uh, 
you know, that, that's been an issue. So, uh, but, you know, um, I give them credit because uh, the past two years, they got uh, one of the best backup running backs in the league, D'Angelo Williams, backing up uh, Bell, and that, that's worked out pretty well. Uh, but, you know, hey, Bell is exceptional. You you want him out there. With all due respect to D'Angelo Williams, who is an excellent running back and one of the older running backs in the league, you know, you you want Bell getting the bulk of the carries. And, uh, you know, B- Bell missed the beginning of this season, but uh, no ill effects from uh, the knee injury. Um, but definitely they got, they got the uh, triplets going on in Pittsburgh. Okay. All right, let's talk about 108-year drought, 108-year drought. The young bucks of the uh, um, Major League Baseball, I think the oldest guy on there, the oldest infielder, everyday player is um, uh, Anthony Rizzo. I think he's like 30 or 31. All these other guys are in their early 20s or maybe yeah, mid-20s, something like that, um, along with a seasoned pitching staff with a dynamite closer uh, and, and, um, and Chapman, Roldis Chapman, uh, pulled, off, pulled off a Cleveland uh, Cavalier move coming from 3-1 down and winning the World Series in um, extra innings with, with, through a rain delay. They were favored, if I'm not mistaken, to win the World Series before the Major League Baseball season. And they won, they've won the most games in Major League. Um, how many times, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, how many times does that happen that a team – that was favored to win the World Series, um, wins the most games, and then turns around and wins the World Series. Don't have the numbers, but um, I can't think. I can't see that. There's got to be a lot of them. Um, I got to see that it doesn't happen that often. Usually, there's some bump in the road. I remember the Seattle uh, Mariners had won a hundred and something games and got knocked out in the playoffs and never made it to the World Series. So just because you win the most games in a season doesn't, doesn't guarantee you to get to the World Series. Just because you are favored to win it, it, it before the season starts doesn't guarantee for you to get to the World Series and, and, and in fact, win it. Uh, to be able to be favored, to be able to win the most games in a season and then come back uh, from a 3-1 deficit and win it on the road, you got to put take your hats off or tip your hat to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, 108 year draft, and they had to get over that. Get over that. 108 year old draft, a drought, I should say, and um, won it for the city of Chicago and for a lot of old timers that have been longtime Chicago fans. What's your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I I realize the historical significance. I wish. I'd appreciate – I would have enjoyed it a little more. I watched some of the series, but I'm not a big baseball fan. I watched a lot of baseball growing up, but I I lost interest in the sport a long time ago. But uh, I'm familiar with the history. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, Theo Epstein really turned things around in Chicago. I mean, he's looking like uh, uh, a Hall of Fame exec because uh, I don't believe in curses or whatever, but – you know, he built a dynasty in Boston, and then he, uh, you know, puts together a winner in Chicago. And uh, believe me, I'm sure the fans wouldn't mind if they – and they probably had enough money. I'm, I'm surprised. I don't know if they ever tried to do it. If they would have thrown together a bunch of high-priced guys, you know, to try to win a series, that's one thing. But he uh, – it appears he's really built up uh, the farm system and, uh, you know, a lot of young talent. And, uh, but, you know, you never know because, um, you know, the uh, 86 Mets, um, you know, they have veterans, but they had some excellent young talent, but probably the two most talented young players got sidetracked and that team could have become a dynasty and and that didn't happen. Um, 
and and uh, I saw the uh, thirty for thirty with uh, you know uh, Dwight Gooden and uh, Daryl Strawberry, and uh, people were are too quick to label that uh, eighty six Met team as a one hit wonder, but they weren't because they um, they were good for a few years afterwards. I think they made at least one more postseason appearance, but the thing is they didn't win any more World Series, so. You know, you're perceived as a one one year wonder, but uh, they, you know, they were a good team for a while after that. Yeah, I mean, uh, they call him. You know, I, I heard a comment this morning uh, about one of the um, one of the uh, um, I forget one of one of the morning shows they were talking about. Uh, they uh, uh, nicknamed him the Exorcist uh, because. He exercised the uh, demons or, or whatever that took place in Boston, and then he turned around and did the same thing with the um, with the uh, uh, Chicago Cubs. So I, I got to believe that this guy. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what his formula is. I don't know how he does it, but he's got to be extremely bright guy. Um, and, and with a uh, real good um, um, eye for talent, and uh, a real know-how how to put a team together. Um, I mean, he, he, this is not this is a this is a pretty young guy. I think he he was was he in the early thirties or in his twenties when he took over for Boston. And he's still a very young guy to be a uh, um, head head of an organization, and quite naturally, uh, you probably can't pay him enough um, because of, of what type of magic he's done with not one but two organizations that have been were in the doldrums um, and never thought they would ever win a World Series or anytime soon would win a World Series. Uh, it took him five years in Chicago. And I'm not exactly sure how long it took him in, in um, Boston to do the same thing. And I'm surprised Boston let him get away. I, I'm really that, that when, when he left, I was shocked. Um, but uh, as bright as he was, he he uh, he landed in a spot that he thought would be the best spot for him, and it turned out to be right. What you talk about, Jeff? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh... You know, sometimes you can tell you're successful when people copy you, and I think uh, – I don't think Epstein, uh, you know, played baseball. He's just a very bright guy. And I think now, uh, probably because of him, more and more teams are going with GMs who didn't play the games, you know, uh, these uh, Ivy League guys who are uh, young and very sharp. And, uh, you know, you got to find the right one. But – you know, uh, more and more teams are going with that formula. And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, if you compare the Red Sox and the Cubs, the uh, the Red Sox, when they were on that drought, they had some very strong teams. They just couldn't finish the deal, you know. Um, because, and I remember when I was a kid, when I was watching a lot of baseball in uh, the late 70s when I was real little, um, you know, the uh, – Red Sox, you know, it's one of those things where they, you know, they might have been the second best team in baseball, but they were in the same division as the Yankees, and that was before the wild card. So, uh, and that was a huge rivalry. And I remember that Boston Massacre. I mean, that was probably one of the highlights of my childhood when the, you know, late in the year when the Yankees needed to make up ground and they swept the Red Sox four games to O. And each game was a bloodbath, you know, like double-digit runs for the Yankees. They were, you know, destroying the Red Sox. Um, but I remember when I was a kid, there were all these theories why the Cubs couldn't win. And they, they had some strong teams over the years, but they tended to fade late. And some people blamed it on night baseball, I mean, on day baseball. But, uh, you know, they put in uh, lights at Wrigley Field a long time ago. So, um you know, so the you know there, there's no such thing as a curse, but you know I'll tell you it now, you know baseball's changed so much. People act like it's the same game, but it's not. I mean, a lot of it's the same, but uh, you know I was talking with a younger coworker who's a big baseball fan, 
and I was saying, hey, listen, when my dad was in high school back in the 50s, baseball was incredibly different. Eight teams in each league, you know, no teams out west until I think 1958, no teams in the deep south, um, no playoffs, you know. You're the first to eight teams in the American League, boom, you go straight to the series. Same thing in the National League. Um, and, I mean, you know, for for from the 20s into to about 1964, the Yankees were in the series, you know, almost every year or close to it almost every year. And the thing is they never had to worry about stubbing their toe in the playoffs. And no matter how great you are, it it, it could happen in a short series. Um, so uh, people, they, you know, people say, oh, baseball is the same. It's not. It's changed a lot, you know, and some people neglect to remember some of these big changes. Um, but uh, thinking of something, somebody said something, and I'd always thought the same thing. When I was a kid, the Yankees were my favorite team. And if if I didn't live, you know, close to uh, New York City, I probably would have hated the Yankees. But, uh, you know, when I started watching baseball, they were good, and they were the local team, so it made sense. Um, but even though the Yankees were my favorite team, I liked the National League better, you know, pitchers hitting, uh, and that sort of thing. Even though um, the, the American League, I like the parks better because, you know, National League had some horrible parks at the time. Um, but I like the National League rules better. And uh, who would have thought at this time? The National League is uh, one, of the, it, one of the few leagues without a DH because now it's in the minors, it's in college, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. You know, as much as I like pitchers hitting, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's really odd for a sport now with interleague play to have two different sets of rules. You know, mm-hmm. it's just very strange, but, you know, that's baseball. They do what they do. Yep. And, and I've, I've always been a uh, National League guy, and for that specific reason, um, even when, even before. And now, even after the DH came into effect in the uh, American League, um, I always like it. You go eight guys, everyday players. One guy is a pitcher. Um, he he should hit just like everybody else, and not sit on a bench and let a DH take his spot. Um, that's I've been always been like that ever since I've been watching baseball, and um, uh, probably be be like that until the day I die. All right, talking about change. Um, and, and, and different things happening. Um, the purple and yellow of the Minnesota Vikings took a hit in the last couple of days. The offensive coordinator, who I really liked, Jeff knows I like this guy, not as a head coach, but as a hell of an offensive coordinator, decided to walk away from the Minnesota Vikings, the 5-2 and two division leading Minnesota Vikings, and he decided to walk away. Um, everyone supposedly say they're shocked. Um, I'm not shocked uh, for the simple reason I, I thought it was an odd, odd um, marriage that um, Sam, when Sam Bradford came in there and the reason why Sam Bradford came in there. Um, I'm going to read something here, and and it leads to the fact that I would say conspiracy theory, but it leads to the fact is that <laughs> something 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 was amiss in Minnesota, um, and 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 it's not the whole story is not being told, and we know, we never know if it ever will be told. Appearing on K Fan at, at after Wednesday's basic nuts and bolts press conference, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer said a few things that suggest that something was amiss. Explaining his muted reaction to an ugly Monday night loss in Chicago, Zimmer told Dan Barrero this via Michael Rand of the Minneapolis Star Tribune. It's a long season, and you're going to have ups and downs. Even when I won a Super Bowl in Dallas, there were so many ups and downs. I didn't feel like me going in and tearing everyone's head off was the right thing to do. Plus, there may have been some other factors. Press on those other factors. Zimmer said, I'll keep those to myself. He also added that he shouldn't have said it. 
And so the why he done it continues with all the sides committed to secrecy and no one able to get the truth. In many ways, it doesn't matter. The Vikings have to move forward without Norb, regardless of why he left. In other ways, it matters plenty. Understanding why Norb walked away will help predict whether similar problems will arise as a 5-2 and two team that suddenly feels like it's worse than 2-5 and five can turn things around with upcoming games against the Lions, Washington's, uh, Washington, Cardinals, Lions again, and then the Cowboys. So obviously, the reason I'm saying this, Jeff, is this. Uh, when Sam Bradford was in uh, St. Louis, one of his coaches was Pat Shermer. When Sam Bradford was in Philly, one of his coaches was in was uh, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer goes to Minnesota. Sam Bradford is still in Philly. Sam, uh, Pat Shermer, um, when Teddy Bridgewater went down, um, stood up on a table and, and said for Minnesota to get Sam Bradford. They did that. They traded and got Sam Bradford. And now Sam Bradford is reunited now, he's the tight end coach, if I'm not mistaken. Pat Shermer was. Um, uh, North Turner's son is the quarterback's coach. Um, and he's still the quarterback's coach. He hasn't left. Something tells me, uh, and, and I'm probably getting this from you, or I'm just feeling it on my own, that North Turner, for whatever reason or however it happened, got under um, undercut by... Pat Shermer because of his, his relationship with Sam Bradford and it fractured the relationship I guess with Sam Bradford has with North Turner. Now Sam Bradford said he was surprised but uh, and he found out from a notification that his wife got on her phone. But Pat Shermer is a common denominator along with Sam Bradford and North Turner who is a really good offensive coordinator, um, is no longer working for the Minnesota Vikings and just uh, took his ball and went home. What's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, I, I like Norv Turner, too. I mean, just he's got to be one of the all-time great offensive coordinators. Um, I mean, he had mixed success as a head coach, but, uh, hey, it's very hard to, to win in the NFL as a head coach. But a uh, great coordinator and a class guy. So he's probably keeping his mouth shut. You know, I'd like to know the details. Yeah, maybe he did feel out of the loop. Maybe he did feel disrespected. Um, you know, uh, he's not going to blab. That's not – I'd be very shocked if he blabbed. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, um, you know, because you really – you know, you really can't resign during the season. But who knows? Uh, if, if they – disrespected him that much you know he's still a man but uh you know a guy like him has got to have a lot of friends all over the league at this point sure for some guys if you do that you have trouble getting your next job because i think it's basically assumed you you know you don't you don't resign from an nfl coaching job in the middle of the season but uh Mm -hmm. i guess there were uh extenuating circumstances um you know um but i'll tell you i i gotta give the Minnesota offense and especially Bradford credit for a guy they picked up a week before the season. He's played pretty darn well um, because uh, especially a quarterback in football, you know, uh, you know, player trades you uh, aren't that great. You know, that's why, you know, you don't see a lot of player during the season Usually, you know, maybe a few low-level things, and maybe it's a player for a pick. Well, that's what he was traded for a pick. You don't see that many player-for-player player trades during the season, especially a quarterback. And, uh, right. you know, uh, if, you know, I don't know if the I, – supposedly Bradford had a yeah, – um, I'm sorry, Bridgewater had a – his knee injury is very serious. Um, maybe uh, the Vikings, just to cover themselves, will uh, – Sign Bradford for next year, and uh, you know if he could stay healthy. Imagine with a, a year behind him, and then plus uh, a training camp. You know uh, he could. You know uh, 
he could really, you know, rock next year maybe. Uh, uh, Stephon Diggs is healthy, and he he had a good game Monday night. And I was paying close attention because uh, that was one of those midnight madness games for me. Uh, I uh, I had uh, Stephon Diggs. I was starting as my flex, and uh, I needed a good night for him to win. And uh, it was in doubt going into the fourth quarter. So uh, very happy to see him uh, putting up numbers late in that game. Same here, Jeff. Uh, in, in the Yahoo League, uh, um, um, he helped pull out a, out a win for me. So um, I was very happy to, to see Stefan Diggs uh, come through because he's been up and down uh, this season. And when he's healthy, uh, he's the best um, wide receiver on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but at times, and he, and he did the same thing last year, that he started off like a house of fire, got hurt, tried, tried to play through uh, injury and didn't play that well, and, and his play went down. Um, and he, it happened again this year. Uh, he, he started well. Um, his play went down when he got hurt. And now it looks like he's healthy again, and hopefully Bradford and he, led by Pat Shermer as the offensive coordinator now, um, can uh, and can can make some magical music together. All right, Jeff, uh, we come to the end of the show. You got anything that you want to put out there before we uh, um, uh, uh, walk out this door and, and end this program? Um, well, uh, we're about halfway through the fantasy season. Uh... Uh, trade deadlines are coming up, and uh, yep. you know, uh, and if even if you're struggling, uh, don't quit. You know, I, I mean, I hate it if I have a bad season in a league, but it happens. It can happen to the to the best fantasy GM. But Absolutely. I I always go down swinging because uh, you know you, you know it's just on principle. You know because yep. you know your games affect other guys so. But I'll tell you, the hardest fantasy lineup I ever had to come up with was uh, I had clinched early because I was having a very good year. So it was, <laughs> which is which is great when you clinch early, you know. So I clinched early. So it was yeah. the last week, and the the guy I was going against was fighting for the playoffs. And this was a pretty big money league too. This was like I think two hundred bucks a guy. So you can imagine mm-hmm. the first place I think was a grand. So two guys are fighting for the last spot. And even though I already clinched the top seed, I ha- I knew I had to start the right guys because I didn't want anybody to say, oh, Goldberg yep. put out a sloppy yep. lineup and, and it yep. gave this guy an easy way into the playoffs. I said, I, yep. and I, to this day, that, that was the toughest lineup I ever had to come up with. And it was, uh, you know, I had a pretty deep team. It was a shallow league, so – Every week, you know, you had good options, you know, because in some of these deep leagues, you know, it's almost easy because, you know, you're lucky if you got enough starters to go around, you know. Right, and, right. But, but, you know, I just I, I, I just had to do the right thing, you know. All right. Uh, to, this, to this right now, Jeff, believe it or not, it's like uh, four minutes left in the, in the uh, first quarter, and Julio Jones doesn't have one catch. Julio Jones does not have one catch. Is it going to be one of those Julio nights that he gets uh, very little compared to uh, um, uh, five or six catches, 70, 80 yards, and a touchdown or two? Um, We'll wait and see. Uh, It's not looking good for the Julio Jones owner, and and I have him in in one league. Um, And and, uh, we'll wait and see. All right, people. Um, see you. See you next Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in on Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where uh, Vic and I will be uh, uh, on the FSP show. That's one o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. And quite naturally, if you want to catch me again uh, after that, it's Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Master Plan, where I will take you through each matchup. Um, uh, and each uh, relevant fantasy um, player in each of those matchups, and along with some duds, duds, sleepers, and waiver wire pickups for the following week. Um, 
That's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Master Plan. That's where I'll be at on Sunday. All right, Jeff, it's been always been a pleasure as always. Uh, good luck in your fantasy, uh, and and, uh, and we'll be talking to you uh, next week. See ya. Yeah, it's Mr. Encore. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.